0: Welcome to The Heightening, a place for those who are answering the call of God to fulfill God's purpose in their lives. We are women who are being elevated to a level of intentionality and empowerment to lead the life we were created to live. Please welcome our host, Yolanda Caldwell. Hello, ladies of The
1: Heightening. Welcome to another episode of The Heightening Podcast. I am so excited today to have a dear friend of mine um, who I just recently reconnected with after probably about 16 or 17 years since we've seen each other. And it is it was wonderful to reconnect. Uh, we reconnected on LinkedIn and then she surprised me and attended a, a workshop, a um, conference that I was doing and it blessed my soul and I am so happy to introduce you to Annette P. Johnson. Annette, welcome
0: to The Heightening. Thank you, I am happy to be here. And um, I think the heightening is such a wonderful term because that's the work that I'm doing right now is helping women to realize their leadership potential and to shift into areas where they can be more strategic in terms of accomplishing their goals
1: and it is amazing that that's where you are and that you're here and ladies of the heightening you are going to be heightened you are going to get some information today that is definitely going to transform you and make a difference let me tell you a little bit about annette annette johnson is a facilitator author speaker and certified coach she has designed and facilitated programs for thousands of people around the globe her programs encompass diversity and inclusion employee dispute resolution, business ethics, and human resource topics to help corporate nonprofit education and government organizations nurture healthy cultures. Her work with women's organizations, she does it in a powerful self-discovery process to empower confident and bold leadership. As an alumni mentor for Women Unlimited, she has helped the next generation of women leaders develop skills and strengths they need to become top executives. And net, this is like so amazing. So let me kind of set the stage for everybody and kind of explain our relationship. So imagine when mm-hmm. you are fresh out of college and you are 21 years old and you are in corporate America and you are trying to figure things out. And net was a manager at Prudential when I was in the management development program as an intern. And our relationship began because a mutual friend introduced us and we connected. As as most of you know, I relocated to New York. And when I left New Jersey to come to New York, we lost contact with each other. But I am so excited that we are reconnected because we will not be disconnected again. (laughs) (laughs) Do you agree in that? We're
0: not going to get disconnected, right? I I, I agree. One of the beauties that have come out of this pandemic is people reconnecting through social media,
1: on Zoom. Before we get into our deep conversation, you said something very profound just now. There are so many painful things that we can point to as a result of this pandemic. And there are a few great things that came out of it. And one of those Mm -hmm. is, now we can support each other from our permanent locations. And you supporting me at that event meant the world
0: to me. And I truly, truly appreciate you being there. Thank you. Thank you. It was a great workshop. I knew it would be great, which is, I mean, I joined selfishly because obviously I know you. But um, I knew it it would be a great experience. So it was my pleasure.
1: Yes. So we mentioned, I mentioned that we both start, well, I started my career Prudential and when I started, you were there. Tell us a little bit. Did you start your career Prudential?
0: I did. I did. I started my career at Prudential um, back in the late 80s. And um, I I got a phone call from what I call it, a headhunter or a recruiter that I didn't even know at the job I was at at that time that asked me if I was interested in going um, on some interviews. And I went on an interview at Prudential. I got hired uh, by the end of that day <laughs> and spent 32 years there. 33 years. So it was, yeah, it was, It wasn't. I can't say that it was anything that I planned. It wasn't strategic, but um, it was a you know, very well-known company in the city of Newark where I was born and raised, and so it, it was a great opportunity to, to join a good company. And so I, I took the opportunity and wound up having a career that spanned over three decades.
1: That's amazing. Now, the funny thing is when I went to Prudential, that was my plan. I... Pr- I chose that company because of the diverse services that they offered. the fact that they had offices around the world. In my mind, I could go one place and still have every experience. I was looking for diversity in projects, diversity in coworkers, opportunities to work in multiple offices. And I did have visions of working in one of their international offices. Um, I I must say many of the things that I set out to do, I actually experienced while I was there. I worked on multiple projects, mm-hmm. met many great people, you included, and had the opportunity mm-hmm. to do some traveling as a part of that. My, my my thought and my idea of being there and retiring from there didn't quite happen. But that's OK, because we, I transitioned. <laughs> you know, I transitioned a little earlier than you did. Uh, but I did mm-hmm. transition, and you transitioned. So let's talk a little bit about mm-hmm. transitions. Um, what did you do after mm-hmm. you left Prudential?
0: Well, I left Prudential at the end of 2018. I retired. And my husband and I relocated to Maryland. We bought a home in Maryland. We're actually between two states right now. And um, I decided to try uh, a role in higher education. I was hired as a, a diversity and inclusion training consultant, and I joined a local university down in Maryland and worked there for about a year and a half before the pandemic hit. Uh, my contract wasn't renewed, but it was a great 18 month experience. I had an opportunity to learn a new sector and to work with some really great people around DEI strategies and, and developed and delivered uh, programs to help the campus to identify more inclusive uh, strategies.
1: Now another another thing we have in common. Um, I'm in higher ed now, so it's uh, mm-hmm. I, I love this. This is like so amazing, and I'm doing DE, and I work at a higher education institution. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. It was a it was a very nice transition coming from being in corporate America, and and what I mean by nice is I had so many skills that I could leverage and transfer into the role that I had. So although there were new challenges, obviously, I had never worked in higher ed, there were so many tools and skills and experiences that I had gained over the years that I could bring with me.
1: It's, that's one of the things that I enjoyed about corporate America. I believe that having that experience, you develop transferable skills, that you can transition to almost any other industry and find success because you Almost like um, sports and basketball, you get the fundamentals. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You get the fundamental business skills. Both of us have an interest in supporting women. And another thing we have in common is Women Unlimited. So mm-hmm. tell me a little bit about your experience as an alumni mentor in that organization, supporting women as they develop their
0: skills to become executives. Well, let me just say, Women Unlimited it was one of the best experiences I had, and that was something that was offered to me through my employer. And so I, I, I said yes to the invitation, and I spent 12 months in there. Um, it was a, a mid-management development program, and I was invited after I completed the program to come back and be a mentor. And so what that did was give me an opportunity to sit with a group of women and share my experiences, lessons learned through the program, but through my work experience as well. And um, it was just a a great give give back opportunity. I had gained so much from the program and it was just a blessing to be able to give that back and to spend time with women who were, you know, coming into their roles new or, you know, with limited experience and, and I could just share Uh, different perspectives and experiences with them.
1: You know, Annette, a few of our listeners may be um, new in their careers. Can you share maybe one, if there was one thing you would say to them, what would you say to them?
0: That's a great question. I would say to them to really embrace who you are as a leader. And so one of the messages that I like to really hone in on when I'm working with women, especially when they're new to their career, maybe right out of college, or even one of my clients was transitioning into a more senior role. And I like to work with women to help them get comfortable with who they are as a leader, because leadership is so important today. And it's not connected to your your grade level. It's not co- connected to your seniority or your title. It's really who you are as a person. Leadership is about who you are, how you show up, how you affect the space that you're in. And so you can lead from wherever you are. And I think it's just so important to sit down and examine, well, who do I want to be as a leader? How do I want to show up? What are my strengths? What are my areas that I want to focus on? And, you know, not just leadership style, but how do I want to affect people um, that I come in contact with and that I work with?
1: One of the things that we talk about here at The Heightening is living an authentic, intentional, and empowered life. And what you're talking about in terms of leadership, and it's about your character, it's about how you show mm-hmm. up. Um, you talked about how you impact your circle of influence, those that are around mm-hmm. you in your environment. And to do that, you need to be authentic. Um, you you need to also be intentional And you need to be Mm -hmm. empowered. Tell me a little bit about helping women understand being
0: intentional, particularly in terms of their career path. Well, I think it starts with self-awareness. I think it's important for you to be able to assess yourself, you know, take a look at your goals and where you are on on that continuum of, of, of what you're working towards, right? So here's where I am, this is where I'm starting, but this is where I want to be over here. And what is the progress? What kind of progress am I making? What kind of time am I committing? to accomplishing these goals? Am I setting realistic objectives? Am I giving myself the time and space to be able to accomplish them? So being intentional is really holding yourself accountable for what you say you want and what you say you want to do. And to really carve out specific, objectives and action steps to get you to that goal and so it's not enough to just dream and have a vision but how do you make that become a reality and that's where the intentionality comes in at how am i going to take this dream this vision that i have and make it a reality what does that entail what happens in between the where i want to where i am and where i want to be
1: wow where you are and where you want to be there's a gap there Mm There is a gap between where you are and where you want to be. And for some, Mm -hmm. depending on how close that gap is or how far that gap is, determines how you get there, whether Mm -hmm. you walk or whether you leap. So for, Mm -hmm. for some, they can leap. To where they want to go, how what does it take to leap? What does it take to take that leap? From where you
0: are to where you want to be. Well, I'll tell you, I, I have to, I'll talk about me right now because I, I've never been a leaper. I, I lived within a three-mile radius, my kids' doctor's appointments, schools, my husband's job, my job, everything happened within a three-mile radius for 30 years. <laughs> so I, I was always the type of person where I needed to know what was happening every day, no surprises. But But when I got towards the end of my career, I felt freer. My children were adults at at the time, and they had completed college, and so I felt more free at that time to be able to leap. Let's live in a different state. I want to explore a different job. I want to try uh, my hand at podcasting. I want to write a book. So I felt freer then. But but what I would say to people looking back over my life is I think it's okay to do those leaps along the way. Some may be smaller and bigger than others, but I think leaping is empowering. Leaping builds your confidence. Leaping helps you to trust yourself more. Um, it strengthens your faith. Right. So I think leaping is something that is should be a natural part of our, li- our life's journey. And if there's something that you've been wanting to do, you, you daydream about, you have on your vision board or on your bucket list, you know, make that a reality. Take a leap of faith, you know, just really, really tap into your faith. But trust yourself. Because if you have the vision, you have it for a reason. That means that you have something in you to make that vision a reality. So I think it's trusting God and it's trusting yourself as well.
1: You know, I think what you just explained helps people understand that no matter the distance of the gap, you can walk across that chasm because it's not so far. As you said, you lived within what a three, everything was in a three mile radius. Right. So, you know, making something happen or doing something different didn't take as much because you you kept it tight. Um, if mm-hmm. it's a larger chasm, you do have to have that faith, that faith in God and that faith in yourself to make that leap. And I, I hope that our listeners are are hearing what we're saying, that you can do it. Mm -hmm. You can make that transition. You can make that leap from where you are to where you want to be. And you made a leap. You wrote a book. Tell us about your book, Forgive and Love Yourself.
0: Yes, that was my, my first book I published in 2014. That was a huge leap. I never considered myself a writer. But I'm a woman of faith and I believe God gave me this vision to write this book. And and I would have conversations with God and be like, you're kidding, right? You know, I'm not a writer. You know, that this is not my strength. Like, why are you doing this to me? (laughs) But it was a vision that I, it was just so, I would wake up and go to bed thinking about this. And, and so I, when I became a certified um, professional coach, the book was born out of that experience because i went through a two-year coaching process where you go deep you go inward you know coaching is about going inward and raising your self-awareness and and seeing who you are and you know identifying um plans to help you accomplish the goals that you want to accomplish so the book was born out of that and it's it's about my life experience with forgiving and loving myself um, there are a lot of things that I, I experienced in my childhood that I didn't understand. And um, I'm a big uh, advocate against domestic violence. I volunteer. I sit on a board. And so that was uh, something that I experienced as a child that was never reconciled. I never really, there was no closure. I never really was able to have conversation to, to understand what I went through and how it affected me. And so when I went through coaching, that became... You know, front and center. And so I wrote the book as a rite of passage, maybe, or just a healing process for myself to come face to face with how these things had affected me um, and to help me forgive myself for not handling things the way I had wanted to handle them and to love myself more because life is not perfect. Things happen, situations come, but that does not define who you are. It's an experience in your life. And so uh, I wrote that book to help encourage women, especially women who were, you know, coming out of uh, domestic violence situations. Uh, At the time, I volunteered with women's shelters. And so I wrote that book to help women in their transition. Thank
1: you. Thank you for sharing that. That is a very we all have some unreconciled trauma Mm -hmm. from our childhood. And as women, we can do a couple of things to deal with that. Some ignore it Um, some replicate it. And some like you help others through it. And that is a very humble thing to do to support others who are experiencing a trauma that you've experienced. So I want to thank you. And the fact that you were able to not only give direct hands-on service to those individuals, you also have left something for those who you may not ever meet. You left them Mm. a tool, a handbook, a message, encouragement to support them as they walk that journey, that journey. And uh, that is, that is a, a great gift. So he, he chose the right one. He chose the right one. <laughs> he chose you to tell that story. Yeah, but you know, the right
0: you know, the, the most powerful thing that I learned through that experience was because I always said, you know, when people say, well, what do you want to do? What do you want to do with your life? I would always say, I want to help women. I want to help you know, women be their best selves. I want to offer my skills. Well, what I found out going through that experience was I had to do that for myself first. Mm. I had to help myself first. I had to heal first. I had to deal with issues first before I could have that conversation or coach someone else. And so you know, my message is we have to help ourselves before we can help others. It goes back to the, the airplane, right? When, the, when the, <laughs> they do the safety and they say, listen, if something goes wrong, put your oxygen mask on first and then help the person next to you.
1: Listen, we're talking about flying. And I want everyone to know the organization that you found that was the Fly Coach, guiding women to lead and soar. Tell us about that. Tell us about your business, The Fly Coach.
0: Well, I wanted to, um, I use the analogy of fly. This is this is the God's honest truth. That the analogy of fly came to me because I wound up in a job where um, I had to do a lot of travel. I traveled literally all over the world doing, doing training, but I was afraid to fly. And so I literally had a coworker, we're still friends to this day, who had to coax not coach, but coaxed me onto a plane because I was just terrified um, of flying. But it was during the fly, the time that I was flying that I would write chapters of my book, that I would write out my vision, my strategy, because I, I was so nervous and afraid of flying. I needed to keep my mind busy and occupied. Got some of my best prayer time in and Bible reading in on on the plane. So a lot was produced during my um, years of travel. And so that business was was, was created to help women who want to realize their leadership potential. You know, how do you get to the next level? How do you soar in your career? How do you soar in life? You know, and and what does it take? What do you need to do to do that? And so I, I have conversations with women. I ask a lot of questions to help them see themselves more clearly and to be able to articulate for themselves what it is that they want to do and accomplish. And then I help them to identify, uh, to brainstorm goals and objectives and put together some concrete action plans so that they they can set themselves up to succeed. So I, I can't set you up to succeed, but I can facilitate conversations that will help you set yourself up to succeed. So that's what what the fly coach is all about. We need to
1: back up a little
0: bit. We're going to
1: get to the fly coach, but I think we need to step, take this step back Mm -hmm. because I need our listeners to hear what you said. You were petrified to fly. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Someone had to coax you on the plane.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: When you were in a situation that you were uncomfortable. You wrote a book, had your Mm -hmm. best prayer time and your best Bible study Mm -hmm. in an uncomfortable situation. Mm -hmm. I need people to grasp that. Because sometimes when God pulls us into uncomfortable situations, we have a tendency to blame it on other forces mm-hmm. because we have this image in our lives that God is good which he is mm-hmm. but good for a lot of us is that he's going to make us comfortable
0: mm-hmm. That's the-
1: he took you to an uncomfortable place to pull out some very good stuff mm-hmm. So that you can minister to someone else. Mm. In your uncomfortable place, you birth something to support others. So whoever is listening to this podcast, ask yourself if you're in an uncomfortable place or you're being led into an uncomfortable place. Seek God's face. Because he could be leading you to that place so that he can get out of you what he placed in you. Mm -hmm. we here at The Heightening say we want to live the life that God created us to live he created us Mm -hmm. for a purpose and sometimes for that purpose to be manifested in the earth we may have to be in uncomfortable or pressured situations because in that Mm -hmm. pressure situation we become diamonds and we get to glow and we get to reflect his love and his presence in our life
0: Mm
1: -hmm. I hope somebody Mm -hmm. caught that. I hope whoever's listening caught that that this uncomfortable place that you're being led to or you're being that you're currently in do as Annette did pray study and do what you feel led to by God because on the other side of that is a blessing not just for you Mm -hmm but for others.
0: But, you know, here's the other lesson in in all of that 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 I walked away with is, you know, the scripture talks about faith without work is dead. And so I had to put my faith to work. Mm. I had to put it to work. I knew in my heart that that God had me and would would take care of me, but I had to put the faith to work. I couldn't stay on the ground and say, yeah, I know God will take care of me 30,000 feet in the air. I had to get off the ground and get on a plane and get in the air and still know that God would take care of me, even though I was petrified.
1: Had to take the leap, Mm -hmm. had to take the leap, had to get in the
0: air, had to get some lift, Mm -hmm. the fly coach. And that's real. That's a, that's a real fear because I have family members who don't leave the state that they live in unless it can be by car or train. Like they will not get on a plane. And so I knew my vision for wanting to see this beautiful world that God created and to empower my daughters to do the same that I had to break through that fear. I I had to, or I would not be able to realize a lot of the the goals that I've been able to accomplish.
1: That's very um, powerful that you were able to look inside yourself and do that self-assessment and, make that decision to push past your fear to begin to do something different to do something new to experience life you had a vision and you walked towards that and at times you had to leap into different things Mm -hmm. to make that happen i think another part of self-awareness is also feedback and Mm -hmm how do you receive feedback? Um, What is it? Because a part of being a leader and part, particularly being a woman leader is being able to understand how you are showing up and how you're being received.
0: Mm -hmm. So how do you receive feedback? I can't even believe that you asked me this question because I I just went through, literally within the past 48 hours, just went through an experience. So first, let me say in general, let me start big, and then I'll tell you the specific situation. But in general, what my mentors, and many of them I still have relationships with to this day, helps me understand early on in my career is that you should look forward to feedback. You should be excited about feedback because what it does is it helps you to, to see yourself from someone else's perspective. So it's not enough for you to say, oh, I know who I am, and, and I know what I do, and I know the skills that I bring to the table, and, and I know that I'm confident, and, and, and you can go on and on and on. You, it's a blind spot if you don't know how other people see you. If you don't know how other people perceive you, that is a huge blind spot. Now, I'm not suggesting that you be a chameleon or a Gumby or anything like that. What I'm saying is it's important for you to know how you show up from someone else's perspective, not just yours, and then that helps you to adjust so that you can strengthen areas that need to be strengthened. You can you can continue to leverage your strengths, your skills that are, are, are strong skills. You can continue to leverage those, but you can also develop important skills that you may not be um, that, that that comfortable with or that competent with. So I think feedback in general is just very important. I was taught that early on in my career. Most recently, within the past 48 hours, I am um, a, a top candidate for an opportunity. And um, I knew once I did the audition that, you know, when you just, you, you know, you do something and afterwards you're like, oh, man, I just, I just don't have that feeling that I, I like to have when I know I nailed something. And so after that audition, I had that sinking feeling that oh, I, I, this, was not, this was not good. But with God's favor, I got a phone call. Saying, you know, it seemed like you were a little off. There you made some good points, but then there were some opportunities that you missed. And we really wanna, we don't think we set you up for success. And we want to give you another opportunity um, to do a second demo. Yeah. <laughs> Almost fell out of my chair. I was like, what? So I took the feedback. Was my ego hurt? Absolutely. Because I know what I'm capable of. But for whatever reason, I did not show up that day with all of my capability evident for this experience. And so I was hurt. I was disappointed in myself. But the feedback was right on point. I graciously accepted it. And when I got off the phone, thank God for his favor for giving me another opportunity to show up and get it right the next time. So Feedback can hurt your ego, feedback can make you second-guess yourself sometimes, but you have to get comfortable receiving feedback, and you have to know yourself well enough so that you know what feedback to attach yourself to so that you can grow and develop in the ways that you need to and what feedback... Um, That may not be a priority for you. It's your self-awareness that will help you be able to make that feedback impactful for yourself, even if it wasn't delivered in an impactful way. It's
1: important what you said for for people to understand that, for women to hear that, that the feedback that you receive may not feel, may not give you the feels and may not um like you said, bruise your ego, but there's a mm-hmm. level of vulnerability that you have to have to be an effective leader. Yeah. And sometimes the images of leaders does not demonstrate that level of vulnerability. To be able to receive that feedback and to to have that boomerang, you know, what you throw out, what you get back, to be able to receive mm-hmm. it and catch it is important. It's a, is a valuable skill. Mm-hmm. You talked about not being, not taking the feedback and becoming a chameleon or becoming Gumby, meaning, and mm-hmm. you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I think what you're saying is, you know, taking that feedback and complying and bending to everyone's
0: will based on what they say. Right. Because that's a dangerous that's a dangerous space to be in as well. But that's why the self-awareness is so important, right? Because if you don't know yourself, then that's what happens. Every Everything that other people tell you becomes something that you attach to. And you have to put that in context with your vision for yourself, what you want, what you need. So, you know, self. that's why the self-awareness is so important as well.
1: And I think... If you are that person who does that, it could be possibly that you're a people pleaser. And Mm -hmm. that's why you bend to be who that person wants you to be, because you want them to be pleased as a leader and an effective leader receiving that feedback gives you information so that you know how to communicate. So I'll give Mm -hmm. you an example one of the things that were was beneficial as a result of working in, at Prudential, they were very proficient at providing resources. And I remember mm-hmm. when I had my executive coach at Prudential and I had to go through the 360 degree feedback, the feedback mm-hmm. that I received, as you said, hurt my ego, bruised my ego. But what mm-hmm. it also did was empowered me to be able to have conversations with my team so mm-hmm. that I could further explain my decision making or explain how, how we were going to move forward as a team on, on certain mm-hmm. points. So you can take feedback and allow it to manipulate you to please people or you can take that feedback to inform you so that you can improve your communication. Because once I Mm -hmm. improved my communication with my team, I didn't change, but I was able, we were able to grow together because now we had more information about each other. Mm -hmm. So as Mm -hmm. a coach, when you're working with women, How have you seen them respond to 360-degree feedback, or have you encouraged them to get 360-degree feedback? Well,
0: I'm certified in 360-degree feedback. So, you know, within the company that I worked for and outside, I've worked with a number of managers that have gone through that process. And, you know, it's a normal reaction to feel hurt, you know, to feel a little surprised when you're getting feedback through um, a tool that way, an assessment that way, because the, the tool is set up so that people are going to be um, comfortable with giving you some really specific concrete feedback. And so one of the things I do is, um, I, you know, we go through the debrief, is to encourage people to not take the feedback personal. It's not a personal attack on you as an individual. So the person is not attacking Annette Johnson by giving me this feedback. The person is doing what I ask them to do, and that is to take some of their time to help me to grow and help me to develop and be a more effective manager. And so when I asked them to do that, they said yes and so it's a, it's a little bit like inviting somebody over for dinner right and and not preparing you know for them to be able to come and and have a have a positive experience like you invited them to give you that feedback and so it's not personal and it's structured in a way to give you very specific and concrete and constructive feedback so it's not an attack vehicle, it's around skills, it's around experiences, it's around your your leadership, your leadership style. And for those people who did not want to participate, I would have a conversation with them and say, you know, it's a it's a missed opportunity. It's an opportunity. It's an opportunity for you to see how other people see you. So that you can make sure that how you think you're showing up is in reality the way that you're showing up and the way others see you showing up. So it's an opportunity.
1: And I like the way that you phrased that. It's an opportunity. And I I want, I hope that listeners hear that for, for what it's intended to be. To be a leader, you have to have self-awareness. And self-awareness is going to come in two ways. It's going to come on how you perceive, how you show up, and the feedback mm-hmm. that you give to yourself and your self talk. But it also is based on how others receive you and see you. And for mm-hmm. many of us, we only see one side or the feedback that we receive is not done in a constructive manner. We receive the feedback based on people's actions, whether they stay engaged with us or whether they disengage from us. So mm-hmm. I, I do hope that anyone who's listening who aspires to being an executive, find a, a method or a, um, a, a person, contact net to do 360-degree feedback with you so that you can have a complete picture of who you are and how you show up. It will
0: only benefit mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And there's another piece I'll add really quickly. I went to an executive forum once, and, and this, this always stuck with me to this day. Uh, one of the executives on the panel talked about the likability factor. And not likability the way. We initially think about it, right? So the people pleaser or you want to be liked by everyone. You want everybody to like you. But the like likability factor from the perspective of can people see themselves working with you? Are you the type of person that people want to work with? They enjoy being around. Um, you know, they like collaborating with you. They like communicating with you, working on projects with you. They like being in a meeting with you. So it's not about liking you personally, but again, it goes back to how you show up, how you affect the space and the people that you work with on a day-to-day basis.
1: So you have some, you receive, listeners, some very valuable information that can help you go to the next level, um, to help you link to what it is that you believe you are purposed on this earth to do. Annette, before we we go, you also mentioned that you have a YouTube
0: show. Yes, I have a new podcast, and I am super, super, super excited about this podcast. It um, has been in the making for uh, almost a year now. It'll be a year in March. It's called Living in the Good Space, and I am recording... Um, Uh, interviews now. And it's me having conversations with people who inspire me in terms of how I view living in the good space. And so living in the good space is defined by you at the end of the day. But what I do is paint a picture for people in terms of what that looks like for me in hopes that it will inspire them through conversations that I'm having with people that I believe exemplify living in the good space. So I will be doing video podcasts. I will be doing um, audio podcasts, live events on social media, and uh, I'm just excited about it. Um, So you can follow me on Instagram. At living in the good space, L I V I N G, living at the good space on Instagram. You can follow my Facebook business page at the fly coach, F L Y, the fly coach. And you can also follow me on Twitter at the fly coach. And I'm on LinkedIn as Annette P. Johnson.
1: Ladies of the Heightening, it has been my pleasure to introduce you to a dear friend of mine. Annette Johnson, the fly coach. I hope you've enjoyed it. I hope you walked away with some great nuggets to help you live the life that you were created to live. Annette, thank you so much for taking the time to share your wisdom with us. You have truly blessed our audience. Thank you so much.
0: Thank you for having me. This has been a great conversation. Thank you. Thank you for joining us today. Please visit us at www.theheightening.com.